Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, the amazing artist D is here to answer questions about her fantastic artwork, rough rider sidekicks, and her love of deadite killers. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Cause it's really uh, my podcast is more of my podcast is more of a conversation than actually an interview. Yeah. Um, and I really I'm bummed out because speaking of it being like a really lame weekend, um, my chair broke and I ordered a new one. My chair that's in my room, um, so I can't sit on it. So I'm sitting in this is not the room I usually record in, and this chair is squeaky as hell. <laughs> So a lot of times it start it sounds like farts. And <laughs> sure, it sounds like. <laughs> I've told people in Zoom that if you think it's, I'm not going to hide a fart. No, I'm a liar. I do. When you see me randomly mute it, that's that means I'm farting. But yeah. <laughs> as is the etiquette now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the, the, the most stressful part is when uh, I feel a fart coming on. I'm like, shit, did I mute it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to let the producer, Angie, know that you could use all of this. I think this is a funny start. I apologize. I apologize to you for this being the start of it. But oh, wow. uh, yes, we're going to start with flagellants. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to start any conversation. Right. <laughs> so, D, um, I, you and I met the uh some art challenge do you remember art, what art challenge it was i know it was instagram i don't remember what the challenge was i feel like it was drawloween but i could be wrong you know what i think it was drawloween okay um but some of them on instagram what was that i was saying i don't do a lot of art challenges but drawloween i usually get like two in so that's probably what it was but i found your instagram and I saw all of your really obscure nerdy shit, and I am always a fan of nerdy obscure shit. And I feel it's really strange saying that because I feel like as an artist, you want to get the wider audience, some you know, more well-known drawings on there so that you can get the likes. But right. I prefer the really obscure shit. That's my favorite. Right. Um. So I fell in love with your art style. I fell in love with all of your drawings. And I'm really curious, what is your art history? Um, so I've always been drawing in elementary school. I would draw. Um, thankfully, I had parents that encouraged that and didn't discourage that. Um, my mom's really creative. She used to do, do tool painting and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of was always a natural, like, second nature to me. Um, it didn't become more of a professional or serious thing until maybe five years ago um, when I actually met Critterosity on Instagram and got to meet her in person and talk with her and she really encouraged me to like go that that next step and so that's when like I took it to a business level I guess but I've always been drawing and doing something building something making something that's always been my life. Did you uh, go into animation? I did. I um, My high school actually had an animation class, which I thought was a normal thing, but apparently it's not a normal thing. It's not. It's not. Yeah. I'm going to let you know, uh, my shocked face went up when you said, oh, 
animation class in high school. Uh, say what? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, not even an extracurricular. It was an actual semester class that you could take. So I did take animation with my best friend. Um, that animation teacher, Miss Sandsboro, what, what, uh, introduced me to Spirited Away, which, like, blew my mind and really was like, oh, my God, animation, this is it, right? This is, like, the ultimate art art form. And I love movies, obscure references, and all that kind of stuff. So, um that was the start of that. I did do a program uh, a few years ago and I completed that, but never really broke into the animation industry, but it definitely helped me hone in more creativity and, and just kind of let my mind explore, which is what I like about animation is you can, and art in general, is you can do anything and it doesn't matter. Like rules don't apply. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, it's Studio Ghibli, right? Is it, is it Studio Ghibli or G Ghibli? I always have a hard time remembering that. I say Ghibli, but I have no idea what the correct pronunciation is. <clears throat> the worst part is that every time I ask someone about that, no one knows 100% sure. <laughs> no one can give me a confident answer. I feel like it's Ghibli. I think Ghibli's cuter than Ghibli. <laughs> I, you, you are probably right. It's probably Ghibli. Either way, uh, Miyazaki films. Uh -huh. Miyazaki, <laughs> Um, is Spirited Away, like, which one's your favorite of the Miyazaki oh, films? I got it. So it's really hard for me to pick a favorite Disney movie, but I got my Miyazaki, and that would be Howl's Moving Castle. And I think part of it is because it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, but role reversal a little bit. Um, and being an insecure child when I was younger, it really kind of resonated with me also. Um, and also, Calcifer is just super adorable, and I love the Billy Crystal voice coming out of this sassy little fire flame. It just, no pun intended, it warms my heart to hear his voice. <laughs> um, I, I think my favorite is Spirited Away. No, let me correct myself. I know it's my favorite. My <laughs> problem is, is that I don't know if it's because it's the best or if, or in my opinion, the best. Or if it's because it's the first one I saw. I'm not right. entirely certain on that. Yeah. Yeah, Spirited Away was my the first one I saw. And I think I saw Howl's Moving Castle. I had to have rented it back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. Where did you rent it from, if you don't mind me asking? Oh or if you remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It had to have been. We didn't have a blockbuster in my town. Mm -hmm. So it was just some like one-off little video shop. It had to have been from there, or I saw it on TV. I don't think it was TV. I think I rented it from just a little video shop around the corner. No streaming, sure. that old. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I rented it as well. I'm just trying to remember if I rented it from Hollywood Video or Super Duper Video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours was called Video Flicks. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure I rented it from Video Flicks because that was like my first taste. And I was like, well, now I need to know. See, I'm also that type of person. If I get a taste of something and I like it, now I need to know all the things and see all the things. So that was, you know, Totoro and uh, Kiki, which I didn't realize, like, oh, there were movies before Spirited Away. Oh, okay. have to go back and go through the whole library. What do you like more about Miyazaki films? Is it the nature or the food? Oh, man. I mean... <laughs> Let's be real, those eating scenes are just pretty like, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> but the the art is beautiful. The stories are always beautiful. But yeah, no, that food makes me super jealous. Just like a goofy movie with the pizza and the cheese coming off of it. That's exactly like, what I was thinking about. Like 
food, animated food that just makes you immediately hungry where you're like, damn, why you gotta be like that? <laughs> and then you get sorely disappointed in real life because it never measures up. See, I don't know. I, I don't ever feel disappointed uh, in food because I always assume that uh, everything is better in animated worlds. And so I, it's never, there's never disappointment. My body just now craves pizza after watching Goofy movie. And so I get the pizza and I'm like, yeah, this is reality pizza. I can dig it. <laughs> but see, I want that stringy pole. Like that's what I'm here for is that string where you got to like wrap it around the pizza because it's just so cheesy. I'm yet to I will, I, 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 if I want the cheese, if I want the stretchy cheese, I'll have to get not, I'll, I'll watch the movie. Get interested in getting pizza, but I'll have to get nachos because nachos a lot of times get the stringy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Spirited Away is beautiful, and I feel like my favorite part about Spirited Away is just this kid being on their own. And this might be middle child syndrome. I have no idea, <laughs> but being on their own and learning to just deal with shit and deal yeah. with everyone. And uh, one of my favorite things about that movie in particular is that none of the villains are necessarily defeated. Right. You just learn to live with them or try to befriend them or just. <laughs> yeah, like clearly Yababa's not, you know, a super cuddly person and she is technically the villain, but like, is she a villain? She, she does say flat out, like your parents ate the food that wasn't for them. So, I mean, was she a villain? She, it's a little gray, kind of, I think. Well, at the end, like, she was, like, tell, I think her friends, like, even uh, her child said, don't do not do anything bad to her because yeah. she befriended that kid. And that kid was a terror, like. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all... It's weird because I don't... I'm, I'm not necessarily particular about redemption arcs or, arcs for every villain. But I do like the idea of not having to fight or destroy your villain. I like being able to learn that we can all exist uh, <laughs> in not necessarily Together. harmony, but just copacetic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is, yeah, that's one of the examples in the movie where it doesn't, yeah, you don't have to vanquish the bad guy. You don't have to kill or defeat you can learn to grow as a person, which makes your relationships with other people different and be, you know, I guess more adult in a sense. And then uh, not to be a spoiler for everyone, uh, if you watch Spirit Away, skip a few minutes, but I'm going to just reveal like an ending. Uh, when she gets back to the car, I think her family is fired. I think that her, her parents are fired from their job. Because yeah. <laughs> time yeah, actually didn't pass by. Yeah, yeah. I um, I wonder how long they were there, because you know, obviously, time works different in that spirit realm. So they had quite a few, you know, junk and whatever on the top of the car. I think when uh, they show back up, so I'm like, well, how long were they there? And also, were the movers just like sitting at their house, going like, hey, where are these guys? And just like leave their stuff. I had so many questions that were so like reality based. I'm like, it's it's a movie. It's fine. <laughs> But I always love find, uh, thinking about what happened afterwards. Not necessarily, I don't need a sequel. I just like thinking about the real world stuff, the real world consequences of magical shit or of plots. Because like even, uh, what was it? Um, did you watch Hate, Hateful Eight? No. 
Okay, then don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, your art style is incredibly adorable. Oh, um, I'm just always fascinated by every post that you do. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because a lot of times uh, your art style is very simplified, but you find uh, recognizable shapes and useful, very simplistic shapes, but you can recognize where that shape comes from, from the character that you've drawn. Right. What, uh, what inspires your art? Where does that come from? Um, so I think, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with just being a, a Disney kid uh, growing up on that Disney style. Okay. I am not good with realistic drawings, like, whatsoever. I took, like, figure drawing and life drawing, all that stuff. I am rubbish at it. Perspective, like, rubbish at it. But if I can draw a cartoon where... It doesn't matter what you do because it's a cartoon. Then I, that's like my happy spot. And um, yeah, the simplified shapes is very, I didn't realize I was doing it, but somebody pointed out to me, it's very like a kid's book kind of style, um, which also kind of goes with like, I love kids. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Cause it's like me trying to relate without like subconsciously trying to relate. Um, but yeah, I, I, can't, I couldn't say that there was one thing that influenced my style but I can say that drawing over the years especially recently and how easy it is to do it on an iPad and like be able to do something every day basically I could see the progression of my style where now it is my style before I was you know picking and choosing like oh I like how this person did their eyes I like how this person did this and but now I feel like now I'm at the point where it's me. It's my style. I feel like uh, that mentality of like, I like how this person did that is how you find your own style. Because uh, I feel like styles are an accumulation of all the art that you just soak in and absorb from everyone around you. Yeah, absolutely. Like artists are sponges. Um you're going to take a little bit from everybody and even professionals who have been in the business like a heck of a long time will say somebody will write, you know, do something, they'll be inspired by it and take that and create, you know, from it too. So it's, that's what I love about art is it's such a community based thing. Like you can't just be by yourself. You've got to have a whole culture with it. Um, you had mentioned that you don't do figure drawing. Uh, but you've tried figure drawing, right? I, I did figure drawing and okay. I was really bad at it. <laughs> like the thigh on somebody's leg would be like this long and their cap would like only be half that size and perspectives would be off. And I'm like, well, this is garbage. Well, the reason why I ask is because, uh, I feel like a lot of times when I'm looking at your stuff and you've done, uh, for example, I, uh, I, I assigned uh, when you when I was asking for artists to draw stuff, you I assigned you uh, Simon Phoenix. Oh yeah. And I thought that was I came a while ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> I I have, <laughs> um, but I feel like you captured a lot of the the the, the physical attributes of uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. But Simon Wesley Phoenix, Snipes. Wesley Snipes, thank you, <laughs> Wesley Snipes, Blade. Uh, <laughs> Blade, exactly. Um, I feel like he captured a lot of physical attributes of his face, but made it very simplified. So even if you're not necessarily good at figure drawing, I feel like figure drawing was very useful to you 
because you can find the things and make it your own. Right. And actually my figure drawing teacher who was, um, he had worked for Disney at one point. Um, and it was actually, he had worked on the Emperor's New Groove before it became Emperor's New Groove. So I think it was like Empire of the Sun or something like that. Um, oh, if you don't know that story, do you know about can Empire you, of the Sun? Can you simplify it? Can you simplify uh, it for a podcast format? <laughs> uh, Empire of the Sun was basically going to be like this big sweeping epic kind of in the vein of Lion King. And then they switched and said, you know what, let's do a comedy instead and like flipped everything around basically. But That's it was so, dramatic. Yeah. So he was, I think he was a little salty about it. I'm not going to lie. Cause he would always be like, look at these photos, like, look what we could have done. And, and we didn't do, but um, yeah. So he's my figure drawing teacher. And he said, you know, like you got to have a foundation. He goes, once you have the foundation figured out, you can break it up and do whatever you want. So that's kind of what cartoons are, you know, like it's, it's got to make some sort of sense where it's connected and the shaping of it for it to register in somebody's mind. So it doesn't have to be lifelike, but it's got to be in some kind of reality. So I think that kind of helped, but like actual figure drawing, no, I'm not a, I'm, that's why a lot of my doodles are like portraits or like chest up and not legs and arms. <laughs> I just, Sometimes I just can't. I just can't do it. I find that I draw my legs way too short for some reason. <laughs> I, uh, what was it? Um, I, I've done a few commissions where it's weird because I'll try to explain the art process. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky because like uh, I, I, whenever someone commissions me to draw like someone and they send me photos, I'm like, all right, well, first of all, you have to give me more angles because uh, all it is is the person looking right at the camera and the nose disappears. Right. Not not saying that I'm going to draw the nose perfect, but I still need to know the shape of the nose to be able to recreate it in some kind of way. Right. Or if the person's hair is in the ponytail and the ponytail is behind them, I'm like, I don't know the ponytail is <laughs> there. Now they look and, bald. <laughs> and they say, they, well, it, it looks strange. It looks strange when I put the hair back and you can't see why it's back there. Mm -hmm. Um, and someone will be like, well, just imagine a ponytail. I'm like, I can, but it's not going to look right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that goes to what you were saying or pointing out about shaping is if the hair is in a ponytail, we don't know if it's straight hair. We don't know if it's curly hair. We don't know if it's wavy, if it has like, um, a nice shaping, like, like kink to the side or something like that. Like all those kinds of things are almost like a caricature. So Without that information, you can't give an accurate representation. And a lot of times in the ponytail, I'll put, with with hair in general, I like to put a little bit of curve onto it. And if the curve goes up or the curve goes down, it changes a lot. <laughs> yeah, people. Some people don't under understand that. People that uh, don't do art don't understand that sometimes. It's it's strange trying to explain that that you're you're creating something that didn't exist <laughs> yeah 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 um so i'm looking at my questions and one of the questions is what is a fandom of yours that you don't know i realized that i wrote that incorrectly i was um, gonna say like uh yeah what i meant was what's a fandom of yours that's not necessarily popular or well known that you think that most people don't know that's what i meant um because gotcha. a lot of fandoms i see disney jurassic park Tim Burton, what's the really obscure one that you don't think most people know? For example, I'll give you a good example. Um, 
when someone I was doing art and uh, I said, what character do you want me to draw? And the person's like, do you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And I'm like, I so fucking do. I know so much about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the person was surprised because she's like, oh, I want to draw Faith. I was like, cool. Can I draw Faith with a dagger? And she's like, oh, like, yeah, I fucking love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can't stress that enough. So what would be a fandom of yours that people would be like, do you know this? And you're like, I so do. Uh, Mine would be Evil Dead. Although I feel like with the stars or Ash versus the Evil Dead, it's probably a little bit more well-known now, but it's still fairly obscure. Um, I was actually just at an art show on Friday, and I had um, painted a little chainsaw, and it said Hail to the King on it, obviously. And um, if anybody knows, then they know. Um, And this group of four guys walked up, and they were looking at my stuff, and they're like, oh, that's cute. And they go, is that Evil Dead? And they just freaked out, and they were so excited, and I got so excited because, you know, like, there's not a lot of Ash love out there comparatively to other fandoms that are more well-known. So, um, yeah, it's definitely Evil Dead. And anytime somebody brings up Evil Dead and wants to geek out with me about it, I I go full, full nerd about <laughs> Evil Dead. I feel like too many Evil Dead fans, like most of the people that I know who love Evil Dead know about the show. But I feel like not enough people know about the show. <laughs> yeah, that was, I recently just rewatched Evil De- Ash vs. Evil Dead, and I'm like, this is such a good show. It's funny, it's got action, it's got gore, like, I don't know what else anybody would want. And it did, it kind of bummed me out. I'm like, first of all, they canceled it, I think, after the third season. So we sort of got an ending, but it wasn't really the ending. And, um, yeah, not enough people know, like, I've introduced it to so many people, like, why haven't I never heard of this? I'm like, I don't I don't know, because this should have been a big deal. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with how they canceled it. I really am. Yeah, they at least got an ending. I know, yeah. I don't think it was the ending that they wanted or, like, had planned for, kind of, but I did like the ending. But the ending was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's never <laughs> going to be topped. No, it really was. I... When I remember watching, I made sure that I watched that finale as it aired that first night, and I was like... <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty spectacular I, I didn't have access to it uh when it was happening and i'm glad that well okay this is weird because i'm saying that i wish more people knew about it but i'm also glad that they did because i didn't see any spoilers um right. <laughs> but i don't know any other show any other horror movie that has the guts to do the stuff that they did in that show i'm saying <laughs> Like, they, they went so many places, and I, I was just there for the ride. And really weird stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that seems really stupid to do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like even just, like, I mean, if you've seen the movies and you think, like, oh, he just cuts his arm off with the, or his hand off with a chainsaw and then, like, fashions it. And, like, it sounds ridiculous. If you're describing it to somebody who's never seen it, you go, well, that sounds stupid. I'm like, no, but it's not. <laughs> it's spectacular is what it is. But I, I try to tell people without spoiling it, the morgue scene in the show is one of the grossest, strangest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. And I'm just like, no one does that. That's completely original. I've, I'm never going to see it ever again. <laughs> and that's why I love Bruce Campbell and like that whole collective team. But Bruce especially because he just he doesn't care. He just goes for it. 
And to find that in an actor who, like, they'll just go to those crazy places and, like, go there with sincerity and not just phone it in, like, Bruce Campbell's, I fell in love with that guy because he just, he loves his fans, he loves his fandom, like, he knows where his little pocket is in a history and he goes with it. I just remember when they were mentioning to do that series and I was like, uh, I don't think that series is going to be that good because whenever you do a reboot or a sequel or some other shit, it, you're going to lose the spark that made it what it was. But then I saw the show and I think the first episode was like, oh no, this is, <laughs> this is everything I love about the show, of, of, the, of the movies, of the franchise. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they definitely, they did a great job on that series of keeping it kind of fresh and new but also like that like wink wink and nod kind of thing like you guys you know the the fans from way back when know yeah and the writing is just perfect so good <laughs> so good yeah that whole series so amazing i think one of the lines where they're like oh we gotta find a book he's like we don't have to find the book i can't fart without see without stumbling <laughs> without tripping over that book Speaking of which, and then he lets out a fart. I'm like, that's fucking funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Again, they didn't, like, they had stars money, apparently, and were just like, let's go for it, and just, who cares? I think it's still on Netflix. To anyone who's listening, you have yeah. to watch a show. If you like, yes. uh, it's it's gory, it's vulgar, it's, uh, it's gross. <laughs> it's, like, slapstick funny, and action funny, and ugh, I just love it. And the horror, the horror is legit. So don't. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it gets pretty crazy in there with all those like demons and whatnots and stuff. But no, I yeah, I love I love the whole Evil Dead franchise. Um, I have one of the video games, and now the new video game is coming out, and the new movie is coming out. So I'm like, maybe this will be the time, but probably not. But that's okay. <laughs> um, did you ever read a? Uh, uh... Marvel Zombies versus uh, Ash versus Marvel Zombies. Oh yeah, I got, making sure. Yeah, oh yeah, I went. I'm telling you, when I like get onto something, I go crazy. So I had apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and army. I have Army of Darkness. Oh, I don't know how many graphic novels I have. That we got the Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness with Ash, which I'm like hoping one day we'll get in the MCU at some point. That's never gonna happen. I mean. <laughs> There was a zombie Doctor Strange in that trailer, so and that movie's directed by Sam Raimi, so I'm just <laughs> uh, saying, don't, I'm holding don't out. Don't give me that hope. Don't give me that hope. I'm That's... holding out. I got to because I mean, I feel like Bruce is gonna cameo in it somewhere. Oh, but he if will. He just, he's gonna. If he just walks by, like dressed in the Ash costume, like just for a second, I will lose my absolute mind. Uh, I feel like. Um, I feel like Xena and Bruce have to make an appearance. It's yeah. Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point, and which goes to like again, nerd fandoms. Um, I'm gonna have to see it more than once because the one time is gonna be for entertainment. The second time is gonna be like, okay, now where are the Easter eggs? Where are all the little things? So it's gonna at least be a double viewing for me. I'm really excited well, about. Are you going to watch it on a drive-in? Because a drive-in will have it back-to-back, and that will be the most affordable way to watch it back-to-back that night. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought of. See, but here's the thing. is a crappy old car, and I'm like, do I want to look at it through my windshield, or do I want to be in a cinema and have that full, like, experience, not my little piddly radio experience? 
So what I'm thinking about doing is, because uh, you can, what you don't have to necessarily sit in your car. You can just park in the park, the drive, the drive-in parking space, and you can have the mm-hmm. like lawn chairs or whatever chair you bring, and you can be outside. And uh, I'm thinking about seeing if I can buy like a good AM/FM radio if there is something <laughs> where I can hook up my earphones and watch it like that. And you're right, it and is. Yeah. It's going to be a better experience to be in the theater. But with the pandemic, I've just been like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um, for the most part, the movies that I've been seeing in theaters are either fairly obscure where there's not too many people in them, or I wait until, you know, they're just about to go out of the theaters and there's only like two people in there. Um, the, the exception was Spider-Man. Like I couldn't wait because I knew all the spoilers were going to be coming out. And I didn't want to get that spoiled, even though I already knew in my head like kind of what was going to probably happen. But I didn't want that spoiled. I got to have that moment, you know, and to share that with the whole theater, even though I was freaking out because I'm like, nobody get near me. Stay away from me. Um, but just to have the moment with everybody in the theater was pretty like, ah, movies. I remember movies. <laughs> I am jealous of that moment. I can't get beyond my brain with the pandemic to be able to have that moment ever. I don't know when I'm going to be able to have that moment again. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I went and saw Spider-Man, it was, I was sitting not in the front row, but like in that front group of seats. And um, I had, I think, two chairs between me and the people on either side of me. So I thought, okay, I'm okay. There's no one behind me. There's no one in front of me. There's no one on the side of me. I'm okay. Um, but I did like have my hood up and like, you know, tried to look, you know, like you don't want to sit next to me. Like, eh. you know, <laughs> so I don't know if it worked or not, but, um, it did, it did freak me out. I think I wore two masks even and my glasses. So I was just like, but you touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't breathe on me. But hopefully soon it'll get semi back to normal where we can actually have a movie experience, but time will only tell, I guess. Right with whatever variant decides to <laughs> yeah, sadly. Ruin, things for, ruin things for next winter. Um, so we're recording this during President's Day weekend, and this is going to come out in, in February, which is, <laughs> which is really strange because I'm going to have a question for now and I'm going to have a question for then. But for <laughs> now, uh, if you were making a Disney movie about an obscure president, what animal sidekick would you pick? So I was thinking about that question because I'm like obscure president. Are there any obscure presidents? And then I was like, oh, I only know like five. So I guess there are obscure presidents. Oh, there's a lot. Um, but yeah. Like, oh, man. Um, who's the one that was only in office for like a month or something like that? It was Van Buren or I don't know. one of those. It's, not, it's not Van Buren. I know it's not Van Buren. I'm going to look him up right now because I always forget his name. But he's one of my favorite presidents because it's so bizarre where he's like, I don't need a jacket. And I don't even know if this story is true of him not having a jacket during his inaugural speech, but he got sick and, and died. Yeah. It's like kind of my favorite story about a president. Like this guy was just such, you know, I don't know, a pompous, I don't know what his, where his mind was that he thought he was going to be okay, but he was not okay. William Henry Harrison. Harrison. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mind went, and he's not an obscure president by any means, but um, my mind went to Teddy Roosevelt because that's who my dog is named after. So that just that's usually where I go to. Um, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to have him have a raccoon sidekick. I feel like a raccoon, Teddy Roosevelt, 
feels right. He likes nature or bear. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, I want an obscure present, but that's adorable as hell. So <laughs> can, I'm allow so can you imagine like big burly Teddy Roosevelt with like a little raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> or even a squirrel? That's hilarious. <laughs> it could be like the Kronk scene for Emperor's New Groove, but with Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, now I I've, I never thought I'd want uh, Patrick Warburton to be Teddy Roosevelt, but I kind of do now. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh man, do I need to write this down and remind myself next time? Like, I should draw this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. Like, <laughs> I might and, have uh, to. We'll see. <laughs> gotta walk with a big stick, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so amazing. <laughs> Whenever I do Patrick Warburton, I always think about Putty in Seinfeld. It's yes. always that kind of thing where it's like, eh. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, William. If if any one of you who's listening doesn't know about William Henry Harrison, he died 31 days after becoming president. <laughs> 31 days because he didn't because he, he got cold and didn't wear a jacket. Um, I think I read somewhere once. I don't know if this is true or not, but like the the parade leading up to, I guess the Capitol. I don't know the the parade where they walk or whatever he decided to walk without a jacket i also heard that and yeah it got cold and, and i'm like seriously and it's funny because you hear these stories and i'm not going to verify it because it's funnier to not verify it. <laughs> right? like, i don't want to know the truth i just i like this story <laughs> and i know that i've got like history nerds who are like that's not what happened blah 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 i'm like that's cool sorry guys um my, my life is not going to change if I know the exact facts on this story. <laughs> I'm still going to tell you the wrong story, even if I know what the right story is. Yeah, it's funnier. Um, yeah. And I feel it's strange because a lot of people don't want, you know, I understand not wanting to spread misinformation, which makes sense. I'm all for stopping misinformation. However, when it's historical, I don't know, folk tales or mythos, yeah, it's not going to negatively affect anything <laughs> right to, to believe and enjoy the fiction <laughs> right at the end of the day he died <laughs> a month yeah. in and like that's it because I, I feel like uh when i was talking to someone about the capital where someone uh i i saw on the news where it said not on the news i saw a meme where a guy tased his balls and died and i loved it and someone sent me this uh snopes saying that oh he didn't actually tase his balls and died and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Something happened where he got tased and he's dead. And let me enjoy that middle part. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he attacked the Capitol. I can laugh at his death now. <laughs> Which sounds really fucked up. I know. Uh, you know, yeah, that's a whole other show. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is a recent piece that you've created that you're particularly proud of? So... I actually just got prints in and I was so excited that I got them in just in time because speaking of Kronk, wait, let me see if I can find them. I did Kronk piece that had been mm -hmm. mulling around in my brain for forever, where instead of soaring over uh, California, it was soaring over Cuscotopia. So I finally did it and I finally finished it. And I don't know if it's backwards for everybody else, but no, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's right side right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's not exactly the vision I wanted, but I was still super excited about it. And just like, it's dumb funny to me because it's Patrick Warburton and 
I can just like hear the over exaggeration of the Kronk voice doing the whole spiel uh, before the ride. But that's one now, of the ones. Now you don't have to, but can you? <laughs> I'm going to invite you, and you can refuse. I'm okay with that. It's weird, <laughs> but can you read it in your best Patrick Warburton? I can't do a Patrick Warburton voice. I've tried. I've tried like alone watching yeah. again Emperor's New Groove or something like that. And I'm like, well, that sounds horrible. So I know if I think it sounds horrible, it doesn't sound good. At all. I still want to hear it real bad. <laughs> I I don't think I can. I don't know that my voice goes that low. And that's the best part. Just <laughs> <laughs> like low. Like, that I was like great. Really Andre the Giant. <laughs> that was better than I thought it was going to be. That's, a, that's about all I can do is pull up. <laughs> and then, nice work, pal. <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, yeah. I'm I not, thought that was good. Well, thank you. I'm not good at voices, but. <laughs> that's, that's irrelevant. I, I, like, I like hearing people try, at least. Yeah. <laughs> even if yeah. you're bad at it, because like, I'll, I'll still try doing a, a bobcat. Even though I know it sucks, I don't care. Just oh my god, <laughs> that's such a difficult voice to do. I feel like, like if you if you nail it, you nail it. But if you don't, then it's completely wrong. But it's fun. It's fun it, because uh, his voice. You're right. It is a difficult one, but it's really silly. <laughs> yeah, because you can kind of just like go all over with it if you if you get that inflection just right. It's almost like Gilbert Gottfried, where it's like that manic kind of. <laughs> I feel like. Uh... <laughs> I feel like Bobcat and uh, uh, what's it? Uh, what's the guy's name? Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo Bill from Sands of the Lambs. Yes. If you try to do his voice, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was a combination that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I just feel like Ted Levine's uh, Levine. Uh, Buffalo Bill. I feel like Buffalo Bill's voice, whenever I tell people that I try to do it, it always, uh, to me, it sounds like you're brushing your teeth and you're trying to talk while you brush your teeth. That's so you've got the, so you pretty much talk like this the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also like in the back. Like it doesn't come from like the diaphragm. It comes from like the back of the throat kind of thing. (laughs) Any, I mean, sorry, anybody who's watching and listening, you know, listening, but sometimes when I put lotion on, that's like the first thing that pops into my head. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> and then I crack myself up and I'm like, oh, you're an idiot. Your skin's going to dry otherwise. <laughs> and I, it's weird because I have uh, friends who are voice actors and I'm sure they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> they're all wrong. All of this is just wrong. <laughs> um, you were going to mention other art, right? Because there's the Cuscotopia. Cusco- yes. Um. Well, I can just share what I have here. Another piece that I was really excited about was, and I'm actually happy that the colors came out because I was a little scared with how dark it was, but it's Genie that I did. Fantastic. Yeah, I, he was really hard because I'm like, how far can I make his face my style without losing like the Genie face? Cause it's, you know, like it's a pretty iconic character. Um, so I am happy with how it came out, where it's not exactly the Disney version, but it's a, a good blend of both. But um, yeah, that one I was just a little worried about because it's just so dark. I just didn't know how we could have, how it was going to print out. But yeah, that one was in my brain for a while too, and I finally got it out. So, but yeah, 
I feel like when it's stuck in your brain and you think about it for a long time, I th- I, I, I like to say that it's ripening. It's got to get ready. <laughs> there you go. When the moment's ready, then you like pick the fruit and draw it out. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's got, it's got, it's got to marinate of my head for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some all like, okay, I've got the idea, but what does it look like? Like I got the, the, you know, the words, but what does it look like? And then I'll start to sort of build it in my head, I guess. Um, like, oh, I could do this. And then I can sort of visualize it. And I always get, there's always that weird sketching transition where you're like, it's just not, it's not translating from my brain to my hand. And why isn't this, when you get frustrated, you put it away, you come back to it. So that was a little bit of that piece. Like it took me a while to get it really where I wanted it to be. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm really happy with that piece. I really love your uh, Elliot. Oh, thank you. My uh, Main Street Electric Parade Elliot. Yes. Is it a sticker or is it because I saw like a small little image of it? Yeah, he's a sticker. Um, I'm going to be trying to do a paper piece of it. So paper cutout of it. Um, on like a long board with him and the was it the snail and the ladybug and like all the other ones. So that's where it originally came from. I was gonna draw it out and then as a template and then cut it out and then I was like, oh well. And then I just went ahead and finished it. I'm like, oh, this came out cute. <laughs> yeah, he's the sticker. I can't remember when it was, but I know on a Zoom someone was asking me that they were we were having a conversation about something and he's like, someone said, uh, what's what's the dragon's name for Pete's dragon? I was like, Elliot. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, very. <laughs> okay. Not to sideline, but does it drive oh, you, you crazy? You can sideline. Does it drive you crazy when, like, if, if you're a nerd about a fandom and someone asks you a question and you answer it and they go, oh, are you sure? Like, yeah, I'm pretty freaking sure because this is like, like, this is all that I have in my brain. So yeah, I think I got it. It drives me crazy. I feel like as a woman, you're, you've, cause like I've heard stories of female nerds where that happens way too often. So I didn't know I, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause from what I've heard that men like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how that feels because it's really weird to test someone's nerdum. I think that's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, where they're like, are you sure? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I wouldn't have answered if I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I can understand that being, because, like, I, I've heard that where someone, uh, female nerds I know who are really into D&D, and the men say, well, like, you know, trying to mansplain D&D, and it's like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can do this a different way to find out if someone is that nerdy. Yeah. Um, that's so weird to be like, are you sure? I don't know. I, I think that's bizarre. And I can understand if that is, um, as a woman, something that you have to endure, something that you come across way too often. Yeah, I thought it was just like a nerd thing. I didn't realize that it was a, just a girl thing. But yeah, I get that, are you sure, all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I'll be wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> One of my favorite examples of that with me was my uh, was one of my friends, and I don't want to call her out. I don't want to call her out, but uh, she had mentioned something from uh, Legends of Tomorrow where she was like, uh, you know, Captain Cold, and I was like, we were talking about we were talking about Dominic Purcell, mm-hmm. and she called she said he was Captain Cold, and I was like, do you mean Heatwave? 
And she's like, uh, she's like, Heatwave, isn't he Captain Cold? I was like, no, he's Heatwave. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, are you asking me if I know about the career of Dominic Purcell? Because he's got a last name that matches my last name, and that's not a common last name. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I feel like the last name's already going to be your, like, dead giveaway that, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's... Why would I not be obsessed with someone who has an, unla- an uncommon last name? That's right. silly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my last name's super common, so it, it means nothing. But I will legit say, because I knew or know your last name, anytime I see it, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it always registers in my brain because it's a different last name. You don't hear it that often. Yeah, so I, I'm very familiar with Dominic Purcell's career. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> What Fantasia, what Fantasia segment would you make a ride at Disneyland? I was thinking about this one, too, and I'm assuming you meant original Fantasia, not Fantasia 2000. Uh, why oh, would oh. you assume that? Because uh, 2000 was, okay, not to sideline again, but. No, sideline all the way. <laughs> I was playing uh, Disney Seen It with my friend, and it was like, what movie is this clip from? And the answer was Atlantis colon, The Lost Empire, because there's Atlantis, colon, Milo's Return, right? So my friend said Atlantis, and I said, well, but you got to specify, because there's two. At that point, I think there's only two. I don't remember if there's another one now or not, but I said, you got to specify, because there's two. And he's like, no, the, you know, Atlantis. And I'm like, no, but you have to specify. And I got into an argument with him about, like, you have to specify, because there's two. So... I assume Fantasia because there was no Fantasia 2000. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way my brain works. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the Fantasia, the, 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 the way that Disney did Fantasia with Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, they make it seem like it's just a continuation of the first one with Mickey Mouse going from the conductor to the conductor. This is true. Yes, there's continuity between the two of them. Um. But my brain just immediately went to original. Okay. Um, and I Dance of the Hours with the hippo and the alligator oh, in the style cool. of like um, like uh, Runaway Rail in Florida, where it's like the trackless ride and it can kind of move around like Luigi's um, in Cars Land, where it can jet. Like, how fun would it be to like be dancing with the hippo and the, and the alligator and like going through all the different scenes and all the chaos and stuff? I thought that would be fun. And I love that song. I love that song. That'd be really cool. Having little like a prop uh, hippos and alligators dancing, but then having projected in the background much more. Right. (laughs) Amazing. And then you do like the, the bubbles with the, um, with the elephants were on top of the bubbles and stuff. Like you could go crazy with that sequence. I feel like. And then you would have a bubble producing things like saying out bubbles while you're doing that would be exactly. really cool <laughs> i yeah you have the um, ostriches all over the place like you could you could go bananas in my brain i'm like oh that would be amazing and so you, have you been on the runaway train or runaway rail yes so i was in florida oh, let's see about a month ago i got to ride runaway rail and it was amazing and super adorable it's sort of the same track system as rise of the resistance for anybody who's written Rise of the Resistance. Um, so it's a lot of like, it's like a lovely ballet. There's a lot of like moving around and just kind of exploring areas and stuff. It was super cute. 
the animation style is the uh, similar to the uh, the Mickey shorts that they're doing right now, which I have a bone to pick about. I don't like Goofy in those Mickey shorts. He just looks really weird to me. He looks like a hobo, and I don't like it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Black shadow and like yellow teeth. And I'm like, this isn't cute. I don't know who approved this. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I can't. I, he just looks dirty and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like I, I think that, so it's strange because Goofy, I think his dirtiness is good. (laughs) Um, because it reminds me of earlier Goofy with uh, the plane ride or uh, the the ghosts when they're hunting ghosts. Right. Like Dirty, Go- Dirty Go- Goofy makes sense for that. However, when we watch his character evolve to a dad, I don't like Dirty Goofy. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I mean, he's it's definitely more that rubber hose, like early Disney kind of style. And I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's the gray with like the yellow teeth that just throw, I don't know what it is, but I just, I can't get behind. <laughs> Donald's adorable. Mickey, Minnie, everyone else is adorable. I can't get behind that goofy. Like it just freaks me out too much for some reason. Um, If you were going to make a restaurant based on a movie that you hated, what would you pick? Okay. So con- controversial thought here. There's two movies that I absolutely detest. Uh-huh. And it's Avatar and Frozen. <laughs> can't, I can't do it. Um, Frozen's got a great soundtrack, lovely animation, but like to me, the story is really bland and it could have been something super, super elegant. That's just me personally. I also don't have a sister or any siblings, so maybe I just couldn't relate to it. Um, and then Avatar was just Pocahontas. Like, I'll watch Pocahontas instead. And it's funny because, like, I've heard people compare it more to Fern Gully than Pocahontas. Yeah, and Fern Gully also. I feel like it's a little mixture of both. But um, on that same uh, Disney trip that I just took with my friend and my friend's sister and her husband, the husband, obsessed with Avatar, loves it, and was very, I could, was clearly annoyed when I kept just calling it Pocahontas and Fern Gully and interchanging it. And the wife had never seen it. So she started watching it the other day and she goes, it's Pocahontas. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, you can make a kick-ass restaurant out of Avatar. Like it would be like a rainforest cafe, but I absolutely hate that movie. (laughs) It's, it's fine that you hate Frozen, but you want to make a restaurant out of Frozen because I think that that would be popular as hell. (laughs) Oh yeah. It would be, you could make it in like a, like the, um, the igloos, like an ice palace kind of restaurant. Like, it would be pretty cool. I just don't want to watch the movie ever again. I'm okay. I actually really hate Frozen. <laughs> so you know, then. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I watched it once in theaters, and I remember uh, the first song gave me a lot of hope because the first song is them cutting ice, and I'm like, this is really cool. This reminds me of uh, a Little Mermaid with, with the, ship, the Fisherman song. Yeah. But then you... you then they start unraveling like really just a stupid plot that I don't care about. Um, and generic and, like pop music kind of. And the trolls are dumb. I hate the trolls coming out of nowhere. <laughs> right. My whole thing was like, okay, they're at the beginning when it's little Kristoff um, and little Sven, and I guess they get lost from the group. Like who know who didn't notice that this little child and baby reindeer are like behind you guys? And then the trolls adopt them. I'm like, didn't. 
did the trolls not take them back to like their families? Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, wait. Yeah. That's when it lost me. Right at the beginning is when it lost me. And as soon as what's his name, Hans, the bad, the bad guy, came on screen, I was like, oh, well, clearly this guy's no up to no good. He's too good <laughs> to be true. There's something wrong there. This is too easy. This is yeah, I was yeah, I'm not a was not a fan of the frozen. Um so earlier in this interview, I had mentioned that we're recording this Presidents Day weekend, but when it comes out, it'll be that Friday just before Isle of Magic Marketplace. Ah, yes. And you're going to be there. I will not be there in person. All my stuff oh. is virtual. No, I'm sadly, I was talking to another vendor. They kind of got in my head with COVID and, uh-huh. you know, all the things. And it kind of freaked me out because my parents are older. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to get me sick and get someone, you know. So I just panicked. Um, So I won't be there in person. I will be there or virtually. Um, So all of the Etsy shops going to be updated. I'm going to probably do a live uh, painting session at some point on Saturday, maybe also Sunday. But yeah, sadly, I won't be there in person. But you will do. So where would the live painting be? It'll be on Instagram under my um, Instagram handle, Burton's Sparky, two S's. <laughs> um, I think Isle of Magic, if you're following them, that they also connect kind of to the artists that are only virtual that day. Um, so I'll have a deal of the day. I'll have a giveaway that I'm, yeah, giveaway that I'm doing. Um, merch that's been um, created just for this weekend. So like the genie and Kronk that I just showed, um, those will be sort of exclusives. And I only have like two or three of those. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm bummed that I won't be there in person. I think that was the best choice for me at the time because this was, I think I had to tell the coordinator like a month, about a month and a half ago. Like, I think I'm just going to do it virtually. So it's one of those things, especially now, where you can't predict the future. And with the virus and everything being what it is, it's just a safer option um, at that time. At that time, yeah. At that time. If she had asked me today, I probably would do it in person. I think well, it seems like numbers are low. You know, everything might be okay. But, um, yeah, so just virtually this time, I'm hoping the next show, whenever that will be, will be in person. But. Um, but I do encourage people to go see it in person if they would like to. It's in Stanton, California, which I believe is near Knott's Berry Farm at the Boys and Girls Club. And um, gosh, there seems like there's going to be a lot of vendors there in person. It's got to be over 20. I know that much. So, um, And then lots of people, there's going to be a bunch of us doing just virtual. There's going to be people who are crazy that are doing virtual and in person and doing a pop shop. I don't know how they're going to survive that weekend, but that's what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's funny because I did go to the first aisle. That was my very first show that I'd ever done. And to see how much it's grown in only, I think three years, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Now, what is it? Um, so it was created originally to be like a art show with, uh, Harry Potter, Disney, and things magic. So thus, Isle of Magic. Kind of leaning more into the Harry Potter stuff, which makes me kind of sad, because then I realize I don't have any Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> um, but that's kind of how it started. Um, 
And I think there was only maybe 10 vendors on that first show, but it's always been with that boys and girls club in Stanton. Um, we were at one point, I think she had done two shows a, a year. And then when COVID hit, it was, I think three because they were all virtual. So it wasn't the same kind of coordination that a live show needs, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been bananas. It's been bananas. So if someone would want Harry Potter merchandise and not uh, give JK Rowling money, you would recommend this place. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And to follow the Instagram ha handle, which is Isle of Magic Marketplace, all one word. Um, so many talented artists. I've like, I've been privileged to do this show and to meet so many fantastic people that, you know, I probably would never have interacted with otherwise. And then to find out that they live like right around the corner. So it's kind of crazy to meet all these different people and to uh, get real friendships and stuff out of it too. It's not just like, okay, you know, show's done. Bye. Uh, no, like we're all still friends. We all still talk. <clears throat> but it's also interesting to me to see the different art styles, like what we were talking about. And I guess that seems a little naive or like, of course there's different art styles, but when you think you've got, you know, 20, 30 different people, like, oh, it's gonna be the same stuff. It's not the same stuff. There's some people with like the mummy merchandise, which you don't see a lot of. There's some people with like Jurassic Park. Um, one of the artists, Eric Scales does a kick-ass hook piece. He does Peter Pan so beautifully. So it's, it's nice because you'll get the, you know, Disney and Harry Potter, but also those little pockets of different stuff that you're like, oh man, I love that. Nobody does that. That's where you're going to find that kind of stuff. I know exactly how you feel about, uh, not, because uh, you said that you had to give the person the, the, the yes or no a month ago. Yeah. Um, I've been postponing my dentist appointment because the numbers <laughs> of Omicron were just way too high. Yeah. But like, the other day I looked at the chart again and that dropped dramatically. And now I feel a lot more comfortable with doing, with going to the dentist and also see going to a show. Mm -hmm. um, Cause my first show of this year is going to be in April. And I feel like because we live in California, the heat will have an effect to drop down COVID cause COVID doesn't like the sun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, that's what kind of stinks is like, obviously the coordinators need time. They need to, you know, plan and figure things sure. out. hundred percent get that. Um, but yeah, at that time with a, how high Omicron was like, I'm like, there's no way I can do this in person and feel comfortable, especially cause I also, besides just my parents, a couple of my friends come out and help me all the time. And I would just, I would be devastated if they got sick because they were trying to help me out. So yeah, at the time that was the best option, but yeah, hopefully numbers seem to be going down. They're lifting mask mandates here and there. So we'll see what happens, but. Oh, I don't feel comfortable about that. Oh, I, I just, well, I mean, I don't either, but I will always be wearing a mask. I feel like you know, for a long time. I don't see myself dropping the mask anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but I do feel better more safer about going and doing shows but i'm still yeah. thinking about how to make my mask better and stronger <laughs> yeah i do the double which i know i think i've read that it doesn't really help anything but i'm like i don't care i'm still wearing two because it'll make me feel better <laughs> at yeah, least. I don't, 
people have told me like, oh, you gotta get the N95. I'm like, yeah, but the N95, I think you it, you have to throw it away. It's not something that you can clean. I'm like, I don't want to keep on throwing shit away and buying new shit. Yeah, that's yep. Me too. Me too. I I kind of want to get like a a big helmet type thing. Because <laughs> like for, for I, I was talking about this in a Zoom recently that for Midsummer Scream, I'm thinking about like getting like a pumpkin head that I can have more of a mask. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool place to do that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the perfect place to do that. Because like I've been to Disneyland, and whenever I see people take photos of Disneyland, they have they take their mask off to smile. I'm like, no one needs to see my face. It's okay. <laughs> I could do this with a mask on. Yeah. The thing is, Disneyland, the background's the important part. My face is irrelevant. <laughs> right. Like I know I was there. You guys don't need to see me there too. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to see my nose and mouth. My nose and mouth are come on. Yeah. Um, like you guys know. <laughs> So you said that you are bad at perspective. You're bad at uh, figure drawing, um, but I think that your 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 artwork is absolutely gorgeous. And when you did the shadow boxes, that was taking it to a whole other level. That works so wonderfully with your art style. Yeah. What would you What would you say to an aspiring artist who also finds figure drawing and perspective frustrating, but wants to keep going with art? Yeah. Um. And actually, I get people who will see my stuff and they'll be like, oh, I wish I could draw. And I tell them all the time, like, you can draw. Because just because you can't draw what I draw or what Disney draws or whatever, it doesn't mean you can't draw. And that's what I love about art is you can, again, you can just make it whatever you want it to be. So to my teacher's credit, yes, you have to have the foundation. You kind of have to understand how things connect. But just practicing, um, just not getting discouraged. If you don't like how a piece is coming out, walk away from it. Come back to it later with a clearer mind. Um, even go off and do the paper things. I only did that, well, not only, but I did the paper things because I was getting burnt out with drawing. And it was just a new way to kind of reignite that creativity. So if, you know, if you're struggling with, with drawing or perspective or something like that, try something different. You might find that you're kick-ass at pottery, which you would have never known had you not tried it. So I, you know, never stop being creative. Just create whatever that means. Write in a journal, like write ideas down, do anything. And you'll find yourself get that passion back in and you'll be surprised at the results at the end. <laughs>